Hey, I'm Michael, online pastor at Silverdale Baptist Church, and I'm excited to welcome you to our podcast. Now, after you listen to this episode, I hope you'll stick around for just a moment. I'll be sharing about some resources we have for you, as well as a few things going on at Silverdale right now that we would love for you to be a part of. Now, I really hope this podcast is just what you need today to help you in your relationship with Jesus. At Silverdale Baptist Church, we exist to lead people into an authentic relationship with Christ so they will worship God, grow in their faith, and then serve the Lord in our community and around the world. Everything we do, if it's for God's glory, is worship. Worship fulfills the purpose for our creation and is one of the most intimate ways we connect with God. How we live our life, how we worship, also inspires others to live for Him. Worship, grow, serve. This is us. Well, it is good to see all of you, and that is exactly what we're going to be talking about today. Um, We are in a series called This Is Us, and what we're going to be doing is kind of studying the core values of Silverdale over the coming weeks. Um, Every year, we kind of set aside a time where we just go over our core values. It's good to be reminded. It's good to think upon what the core values are. Here at Silverdale, we believe that it is our mission to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus so that they will, one, worship God, two, grow in their faith, and three, serve the Lord in their community and around the world. And um, you have probably, most of you have probably heard this many times. It's what we call worship, grow, and serve. And so today we're going to begin by looking at worship Next week, we're going to look at grow, and the final week, we will look at serve. So um, at this point, let me just ask you, let's get out our Bibles. If you have your Bible, grab your Bible. If you have your Bible app on your phone, get that out. But I'm not going to tell you where to turn, because today we're going to be in a lot of different passages, so just have it ready. But you can also get out your Bible, or your worship guide. This is the outline, and some of the verses are there. You can follow along and take notes as well if you so desire, okay? And so that's what we're going to be doing today, looking specifically at worship. And this is kind of how I want to begin. And I've already kind of touched on this earlier today, but um, um, last week we had close to 8,000 people in our 11 services, and it's tremendous. And then we had about 130 people indicate that the Lord had saved them, and it's tremendous. And we are following up on each individual who had responded. And um, as we follow up, we ask questions. Of course we do. But um, one of the first questions that we're always asked or often asked is this, right? What next? Yeah. What next, right? Like, after God saves me, after God the Spirit indwells me, he's residing in me, what is the next step? That's a really good question. I would say that is the right question. And I love it when someone who has been saved asks that question. And of course, I say several things. You say, you need, you, need, you need to get a Bible, a Bible that you can read, right? And then you need to read it. I always say, you need to join a church. And if you're not a member of a church and you're here today, I would say, please, you're welcome. We'd love to have you join this church. You need to surround yourself with other godly men and women and grow in the Lord. So you want to do all of those things. But there is one thing that is exceedingly clear in the Bible as to what the next step should be for all new believers, and that is baptism. 
It's baptism. After the Lord saves you, the word of God says we're to follow in believers' baptism. In fact, one of a new believer's first act of worship is following in baptism. It's an act of obedience. It is a worship. And so that's what we're going to look at today. Collectively, we're going to, we're going to look at this, this first act of worship in following in baptism. So we're just going to walk through it. And now I'm aware of this. I think many of us have a lot of questions about baptism. Well, we do. We have, we, we, maybe we've seen it. Maybe we've been around it. We just got a lot of questions. In addition, I would say this, if you have not grown up in the church, if you haven't attended the church and the Lord saves you, maybe you came here last week because someone invited you. Maybe the Lord saved you and that was your very first time to be at a church. And, and, and I would say this, baptism's, baptism's a weird thing. I mean, it really is. I mean, think about it. I don't know if you can remember the first time you saw a baptism, but it's weird. You're, you're sitting there and you're at church or whatever and, and some guy walks or a woman, they, 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 they walk into the, they got their clothes on and, and they walk into the water and they say they love Jesus and then some other dude just kind of puts them in water. It's weird. I mean, it's out of the ordinary. It's not something you see every day. It's not. So I think we have a lot of questions. Um, I remember, I remember when I was baptized. I was baptized when I was 16 years old and I was, um, it was at um, First Baptist Church Forney, Texas, F-O-R-N-E-Y. You can look it up later, but it's a real, it's a real place, okay? It's a real place. And um, it was an odd thing, man. It was a really odd thing because um, I, I don't remember anyone giving me any instructions as to what to wear. Like Maybe they did. I don't know. But I'm 16 years old, and, and I'm 16 years old. I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to get baptized, but you know what? I want to look good doing it, right? That's how 16 years old. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. So I, got, I had my favorite shirt, man, my favorite shirt. Now, it just so happened that my, I remember this. My favorite shirt at the time was this really big, um, like, sweatshirt, right? It was, I'm, it, was, um, it, was, it, was, it was, it was Bugle Boy. You guys, anybody, anybody remember Bugle Boy? Every, all the old, all, yeah, every, yeah it's, that's a deep cut, man. But, um, so I get on my shirt, and I get in there, and it's weird, dude. Now, you may not know this. Maybe you do. I figured it out when I was 16. You know, um, 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 sweatshirts, um, they, they kind of absorb water, Right? <laughs> It's, it's, it's almost like a straw. Like you're there and like the water's here, but it starts soaking up here, man. I went into that baptismal weighing maybe 140. I got out weighing like 155 pounds, man. And there's just water going everywhere. But it was a weird deal. It was a weird deal. I was sitting there. I was like, man, I did not think this through. Later in life, um, the Lord called me into the ministry. I go to seminary. The Lord um, calls me to be on staff at a church. And this was in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And um, it's the first time that I actually um, baptized someone as a pastor. And, um, man, I was nervous. I was nervous. And, uh, but it went well. But I kept thinking, am I doing this right? And it's, it's kind of awkward and stuff like that. But um, before we get into this, um, this was really laid on me. I want to share with you. I don't normally share pictures but I've been doing kind of a mental kind of catalog of many of the baptisms that I've been a part of, and I want to show them to you before we actually look at baptisms because, because I want you to see how big this is. I want you to see how prevalent it is. I want you to see what God is doing. So um, just, I just want to show this, the first picture. Let me show you the first picture. Um, this is, um, I don't know if it's, yeah, up here. That is, um, I'm going to look this way. That is um, Elias. He was, um, he's Sakuma. He was my pastor, in, my wife and I's pastor in Mwanza, Tanzania. 
It was a tremendous experience, and some, some men and women got saved, and uh, there's not a place to get baptized there. There's not a place to get baptized. So we went to, that's Lake Victoria. It's a beautiful lake. Let me tell you something about Lake Victoria, though. That might perhaps be the most dangerous place I've ever seen a baptismal done because that place has Nile crocodiles, man. And there's, uh, um, some, there, it's really prevalent there, this, um, back, this um, parasite called Belharzia. And so... Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, like here sometimes, listen, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not um, cutting on anybody, but I guess I kind of am. You know, sometimes we got to cancel baptisms because the heater isn't working sufficiently, right? And we get over there, man, like there's crocodiles in the water and they're, and they're going, but, but it's men and women following in baptism. Um, let me just show you this, um, next, this next picture. This, this is an interesting picture. The, the, the face is blurred because I won't um, offend anyone, but, uh, Man, that guy, that guy, he is, or he is a, he's, a, he's a vicar in the um, Anglican church, all right? That is a pastor in the Anglican church, and um, he loved Jesus. He loved Jesus, and uh, his, his denomination, where he's from, they didn't do baptism by submersion. And so he's reading the Bible, he's studying the Bible, and the Lord really pressed upon him. He needs to follow in submersion. So none of his buddies do that, so he comes to his Baptist friend, and he says, hey, man, will you baptize me? And I go, yeah, absolutely. This is in Dar es, Dar es Salaam. And um, that is actually at the British High Commission. The British High Commission let us have their pool, and we baptized him. Um, and then let's go to the next picture real quick. I'll show you this picture shortly after. Man, I know, dude, look. I look like I'm 12. But, um, <laughs> so we're in Dar es Salaam, and I'm blessed to be part of a leadership team of a church at the University of Dar es Salaam, and it is growing at a phenomenal rate, a phenomenal rate. And so we're baptizing. Actually, what's so crazy is that young woman there, um, oh, man, she's actually a friend of mine on Facebook. She's in Uganda. She married an amazing man, and they have kids. And, uh, but um, either way, we, we, um, we baptized them. That was a big deal because we're in Dar es Salaam. We had to find someone who had a swimming pool. And that's a hard thing to find someone who had a swimming pool in Dar es Salaam. But in addition to that, they had to have someone who had a swimming pool, and they loved Jesus. I mean, what are the odds? But by God's grace, we found some people. We would spend up four, five, it was a hard, it was a long day baptizing, baptizing people. I want, I want to share this with you real quick before we go to the next picture. This has nothing to do with me. This has everything to go, do with God. But for some reason, as that church was growing, and that church is just really exploding, and we're baptizing a lot of people, the International Mission Board, the Southern Baptist Mission Agency, who sent us, hears of it, and they actually send a person out to, 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 to take pictures of what was going on in Dar es Salaam and at that church. And so they came out and took pictures, and this is really weird. They had it. They used to back in the day, not anymore. They had a magazine called the Commission. And look, here's the next picture. Um, I'll show you. I was in the magazine, man. Yeah, uh, I don't own that picture, by the way. Like that, 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 that belongs to um, the, the International Mission Board or, or Lifeway. I mean, I, I, I don't even own it. They won't, I mean, so I had to take a picture of the magazine because they, they own it, you know, and that's cool. In fact, that picture was put in, some, um, um, in, in um, some vacation Bible school material several years ago. People calling me from across the country, hey, your picture's in something. I'm like, but anyway, that's what the baptizing, baptizing, but that's good. That's all good. I want to show you a few more pictures because I want us to go um, not a step deeper, but I want us to see a step broader in who's doing this. I want you to, here's the next picture. See this next picture. That's a young Muslim woman. The Lord saved her. She follows in baptism. That's the Indian Ocean. Let me show you this next picture. Another young Muslim man. Now, he's not Muslim anymore. He got saved. The Lord saved that man. His whole family wants to kill him. Even this very moment, they want to kill him. They would kill him. 
He became a leader in our church. You know what else he did? He shared the gospel. You know what happened when he shared the gospel? People got saved. And you know what that young man did after people got saved? He baptized them. And that's him baptizing them. One more, well, actually, another picture. I'll show you this next picture. We're out in the bush. You see, you see that man right there? Lord saved him. We're out in the bush, man. There's no water nowhere. No water nowhere. You know what he wants to do? He wants to get baptized. So you know what we do? We start trekking through the bush trying to find some water. We find, that's his pastor on the right there. Yeah, you're right. We found a muddy pit of water. I mean, that's some, you can't, that's some disgusting water right there, man. And he goes on and get baptized here. So you know what happened? He got baptized. Um, let me show you one last picture. This happened here. Um, um, next picture. I don't know, can anyone tell? Does, can anyone guess where that's at? Anybody? It's in Saudi Daisy. Blue Hole. Um, that's a family from um, a member of this church. They live in, uh, they go to church at St. Elmo, but it baptized the whole family in the Blue Hole. My point is, we baptize over here. You can baptize there. We got brothers and sisters being baptized all around the world. So here's the question that I want to answer tonight. This is what I want today. Here's what I answer. What's the big deal? Why is this so important? What's all the trouble about? I mean, why are we doing this? Resources, time, and energy. What's the big deal? What's the big deal with baptism? We're going to answer that today. We're going to do that by answering five questions. They're called the five W's. Who, what, when, where, and why. It's said that if you can answer those five questions on any topic, then you have completely and thoroughly explained it, and you cannot answer them yes and no. So I went about doing it to baptism using the Bible, and so we're going to go through that today. So let's do it. What's the big deal? Why all the trouble? First question, who? Who should be baptized? Great question. Like, 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 like who is eligible to be baptized? Well, it's clear in the, in the word of God that the only people who are ever baptized are those who are born again. That's Christians. In the New Testament, without exception, the only type of person, only kind of person that was baptized was a believer, without exception. Every time you read in the Bible someone being baptized in the New Testament, they had repented, they had believed never before, and they were baptized. I want to give you two quick examples. We could go on and on, but just real quick, Acts 2.41. Let me read this to you. It says, so those who, look at the word, received, that means they have repented and believed his word. Look what happens. They were baptized, and there was added that day about 3,000. You get to Acts 8, 12, it says, but when they believed, that means they repented and believed Philip as he looked. What did he do? As he preached the good news, that's the gospel about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were then baptized, both men and women. Now, we could go on for a long time and look at a lot of different passages, but, but you can see the pattern here. You can see the pattern emerging. It's the same pattern that I saw in New Mexico and Texas that I saw uh, in Europe and the Middle East. I've seen all over Africa. It is the gospel is proclaimed. People receive it. They repent of their sins. They believe in Jesus Christ, and then they follow in baptism. 
That is the pattern you see all the way from the New Testament to this very day. Now, I do want to answer just some brief um, questions about this because some will say, they'll say, you know, that's not completely true, Travis. You're, you're not being completely honest because they, some people say there's a couple of verses in there where it's not exactly clear that everyone was a believer. And I'm like, no, it is really clear. I mean, straightforward, it's clear. I mean, you got to push into it. But they will use examples like Acts chapter 10, Acts 13, and Acts, no, 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 1. And, and basically, they say whole families were baptized, all right? And so their thinking is this. Here's their thinking. Well, if a whole family is baptized, well, probably there was an infant in it. And if an infant was in it, then it must be okay to baptize infants as well. So they go and they use those three texts specifically to say it's not always true that you have to be a b- b- believer. But... Um, not going to go into detail here, but I, I will say um, first, in all three of those passages, there is no indication that there, there was a, an infant baptized. It's just not there. I mean, you've got to push into it, right? Second, the natural reading of those texts, you can go back and you can study them. The natural reading of those texts points to everyone there being a believer, that they had heard the gospel, repented of their sins, believed in Jesus Christ, and then was baptized. That's the natural reading. And that's what the majority of all very clearly say. Um, One additional thing um, I want to talk about. The Bible is also exceedingly clear here. You do not have to be baptized in order to be saved, right? Like, like, Like water doesn't save anyone. The only liquid that saves anyone is the blood of Jesus Christ. That is it, okay? And the reason why I'm saying this, because this has happened, and I know some people I'm sorry, I gotta say it. Some people are like, I know, man, but Carrie Underwood, she sings a song and she says, There's something in the water, right? I've even had people come up to me and say, Man, I even saw Carrie Underwood at a Christian, at a Christian um, event singing, There's something in the water. That's her question. There must have been something in the water. I don't know. But I listened to the song and I just want you to understand no offense to her, but there's nothing in the water. All right? There is nothing in the water. I don't care how much you like the song. There is nothing in the water. All right? There's something on the cross, nothing in the water. All right? Let me just give you this if you doubt me on this. Um, 1 John 1 7. If you want to, you can go on Instagram and you can, 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 can tag Miss Underwood so she can clarify her singing. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. All right, Jesus, 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 and in case I didn't say it clearly enough, J-E-S-U-S, Jesus saves, and Jesus alone, all right? Okay, first question, who? Believers, all right, those whom have been saved. Second question, why? Why? Why be baptized? Oh, here's the deal. Hey, 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 if, 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 if the water don't save me, why am I going to do it, right? Because it's just uncomfortable, right? Why am I going to do that? Why? Well, we're going to talk about this in some other questions a bit later, but let me just make it really easy here. Um, bottom line is baptism is an act of obedience. It is an act of obedience. What we've got to understand is that for Jesus, baptism was not a suggestion. It was not a request, 
he commanded us to be baptized. In fact, it was his fine, one of his final, his final command to the church. He's about to leave. He gives a final command. It's the great commission. Let me just read it to you. It, it couldn't be clearer than this, all right? Matthew 28, 19, here's what he says. Go therefore, or otherwise, it's like, as you are going and make disciples. So as you are going, make disciples of all the nations. That's every um, 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 ethnic group. Here's the command, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You can underline, circle, asterisk this word, baptizing them. It's part of the Great Commission. Part of making disciples is baptism. It is a command by Jesus. And if you haven't figured this out, I'm going to tell you right now, you cannot be an obedient, growing follower of Jesus Christ if you are disobeying him. You can't. It's an impossibility. It's impossibility to know that Jesus had said something and told you to do something and then for you to willingly ignore it and then also be growing in the faith because your faith stops right there. And I think there's some of us in that position right now. I think there's some of us that for whatever reason, we haven't followed in believer's baptism. And we could ask and you could tell me the reason why and, 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 you, and you're maybe saying, oh, yeah, it's happened and, and you find yourself in spiritual stagnation. Right? You're in spiritual stagnation and you don't know why. Well, I can help. It's because Jesus has clearly told you to do something and you said, no, I'm not going to do it. And so you're stuck there in spiritual stagnation. What do you need to do? What do you need to do? It's what I had to do when I was 16. It's what many of us do. You repent. I did hear you. I'm sorry. And then you go get baptized. I remember, man. I remember First Baptist Church, Morning, Texas. I'm sitting there. They stand. We got the pews. I'm like this. And the Lord's saying, go get baptized. I'm like, yeah, man, but that won't look cool. Go do it. No, it's going to look cool. Go do it. No, no. I'm going to go. And I just went. And I got baptized the next week. God saves you. He says, you follow me in baptism. It's a command. All right? So we got the who. Who? Christians. They get baptized. Why? Because Jesus told us to. That's why. We're going to actually work it out even more. But basically, he told us to. Third, I would say, is the where. Where should I get baptized? Or better yet, we're going to say it this way, how. Where and how are kind of the same. So how am I to be baptized, right? And here's what I'm getting at. Here's what I'm getting at. The where or the how. You can kind of dice it either way. But it's like this, man. Maybe you've watched television and you've seen all sorts of people getting baptized in all sorts of ways. Maybe you've got some friends and they've been baptized in different ways. Um, maybe you've seen baby bad baptism. That's called pedo-baptism. Maybe you've seen sprinkling after... Com that's usually confirmation, like you're going to say some theological facts and then they will sprinkle you. And then you've got immersion is what we practice. So the question is, how? How? How are we to be baptized? I've seen all this stuff going on. I see a lot of good people doing a lot of things. How are we to do it? Well... Let me say this, um, let me begin this way. I do not, I'm not here to speak into what other churches do, all right? That's not what we're doing. That's not what I'm here to do. What I do want to say is that my goal and our goal is to do it as closely as possible as it's described in Scripture. That's what we want to do, all right? Not speaking into what others do, I want to tell you what we do. We want to look in the text, we want to look in the Scripture, and we want to do it as closely as possible as we see it being done in the scripture, all right? So let's just kind of look at this. Um, in the Bible, 
there is only one way recorded of people being baptized, and it's by submersion, after you believe. That's the only way it's there. The word that is used in Greek is baptizo, right? And it literally means to immerse or to be dunked, all right? That's what it literally means. Now, the, the, the weird thing is, here's the interesting thing. You can go back and you, you can all study this. It's not hard. It may be a little hard, but it is not impossible. You can go back and get all coin A, first century Greek text, right? Secular text. I'm not talking about religious text, okay? Because this word baptizo, baptized, existed and was used in a secular way long before it was used in a religious setting, all right? It was. So you can go read all these books. You can read all of these different accounts. And this word baptized was always used to submerge. In fact, you can read the text. There's text talking about women washing dishes. It said they would baptizo, same word. This is before John came around. Um, they would bab- they were washing them, baptizo. You would put the dish in the water. You've got accounts of ships on the sea sinking into the water. They would say the ship was baptizo into the water. Same word, same word. That word is never used for anything other than complete submersion. You would have uh, examples of, well, even boys, boys playing in water. They would dunk when they would baptizo one another, all right? Over and over. And then that's how it's used. It's secular. It's never used religious context. And then one day, and this guy named John shows up, right? This guy, John, shows up, and he takes this word that was never used in a religious context, and he applies it to a religious context. In fact, he got so um, recognized by doing this, they actually started calling him John the Baptizer, right? Here's what John does. Look at I'll read this, Mark 1, 4. He comes out. This is the first time. This is the first time you see it used in a, secular, in a Christian or a religious way. He says, John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. All right? So John is saying baptism, this baptizo, this immersion in water is an outward sign of an inner repentance, and he did it in a religious setting that had never been done that way before. But here's the deal. You don't really need to go study all of this because it's really clear in the Bible. Like, like you don't even have to know Koine Greek to see this. And I want to read this to you. It's exceedingly clear. Two passages. First passage, Mark 1, 9. Let me read this to you. It says, In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized. That's baptizo by John. Look where it is. In the Jordan. That's a river. It's clear. He's going in a river. Verse 10, and when he came up out of the river, immediately he saw the heavens. So you can see it. You can see it right there in the text. He's going in and he's coming out. All right? Get to Acts 8, 38. Same thing. So this is Philip. He had shared the gospel with the Ethiopian eunuch, and he gets saved in verse 38. And he, that's the Ethiopian eunuch, commanded the chariot to stop. And they both, here's the word. Look at it, guys went down into the water, right? You see that he's going in the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized, that's baptizo, and then it says when they what? Come out, all right? We could go on and on, but it's really clear. You don't have to know what the word means. It's clear there. They're going in, they're coming out. Without question, the picture is clear. Submersion is the only way it was ever done in the New Testament, and we 
want to do it as closely as we can to the way it was done in the New Testament, all right? So that's what we do. That's what we do. So who, Christians, why, obedience, how, submersion, for, when? All right, let's go. When should I get baptized? Once again, that's a great question. When should I do this? When should I do that? Here's what I say. As soon as reasonably possible after the Lord saves you. As soon as possible. In fact, in the Bible, once again, we're going to try copying the Bible, right? There's no delay. There's absolutely no delay. Let me just read you three quick verses, all right? You're going to see this. I want you to understand, I want you to understand that I'm not up here making stuff up. I want you to understand that we're just not grabbing things that we think are cool. I want you to understand that it's the way the Bible has prescribed for God's people to act. Look, Acts 2.41. So then those who had received his word were baptized, and look at the word, that day they were added about 3,000. Acts 9.18. Immediately there fell from, oh, this is Paul, his eyes, something like scales, and he received his sight. Look at the word. At once he arose and was baptized. Acts 16, 33. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And look, immediately he and all of his family were baptized. You see, that day, at once and immediately. So I say, as soon as reasonably possible after salvation. Now, real quick, I will say this. Some churches don't practice that. And they have, listen, listen. Even some Baptist churches don't practice that. And they have a reason why. And it's a, when you hear the reason, you're going to say, well, that's a pretty good reason. But, but here's the reason. They, they, they say this. This is historical, and it's even today. They'll say something like this. Well, we want to make sure they were actually saved. Like, we, we don't want to baptize someone who wasn't saved. And so, so they say, you know what we're going to do? Here's, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Sounds good. They're going to get saved. The Lord saves them. Cool, the Lord saves them. And then what we're going to do is we're going to watch them for an extended period of time, and we're going to look for evidences of the fruit of the Spirit. And if two or more people can come together say, we see fruit of the Spirit in that man or woman's life, then they can get baptized, ensuring, more or less, that you baptized a person whom was saved. Sounds reasonable enough. But then what happens? What happens then? Then what you're doing is you're adding salvation plus evidence of fruit of the Spirit before you get baptized. And then something else happens. This happened too. This is what goes on. You've seen it. What happens is this. No, we're going to add one more thing. We're going to add one more thing. The church, we're going to add one more thing. Okay, they're going to have to get saved. Two or three of us are going to have to see evidence of fruit of the Spirit in their life. Then they're going to have to pass a theology test. Right? It's called catechism, whatever. Whatever you want to do. They're going to have to recite to us the theology. Now, if they recite to us the theology, then we're going to baptize them, okay? So then you got repentance, and then you got um, evidence of fruit of the Spirit, then you get to have a little um, theology test, and then you get baptized. And you can look not far back in church history, even some churches today, you know what they did? They actually removed the first two steps, and then they say, hey, what? You know what? If you can just pass a theology test, all you got to do is pass a theology. You pass a theology test, you're in. We'll baptize you. Well, here's what we say, man. We're just going to, we're going to, we're going to do it in the New Testament, right? We're just going to do what the Bible said, what, how it describes it. Do we make mistakes? Sure we do. Sure we do. But I'm going to tell you what now, right now, here's, I, here's where I land. I would rather make mistakes copying the Bible than make mistakes copying man-made rules, right? So that's what we do. As soon as you come to faith, we're going to call you. We're going to talk to you, right? We will. 
But as soon as possible, you can get baptized. Final question, what? What is the significance of baptism? Real quick, I'm going to do this quickly. Um, I'm going to give you three words. Three words that will help you understand what's the big deal with baptism. All right? First word, identification. All right? Identification. Baptism is a means of identification whereby we identify with what Jesus did for us. Baptism is a physical picture of the gospel. Now, 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 I'm going to get this. Now, every, every, hey, listen, everyone here, everyone here, I bet you everyone here owns a Bible. And everyone here can read. I imagine most of you can read, all right? So you can read it and you can read the gospel. I'm telling you, much of the world doesn't have a Bible and much of the world that they, they can't read. So God in his graciousness and his goodness has given for us a picture of the gospel. Every time someone is baptized, those who are watching, I've been there. I saw you there in Lake Victoria. We're sitting there in Lake Victoria, and, and so we're in the water, and you've got all these people watching, and they see the physical, with their eyes, they see a picture of the gospel. They see a man say, I love Jesus, I trust in Jesus, I have died with him, and I have rose again to walk in the newness of life. It's a powerful picture. It's a powerful picture. Second word, I'd had just declaration. These are the ones I thought of. Declaration. You are publicly declaring that you belong to Jesus. You follow Jesus and you submit to Jesus and you obey Jesus. Um, real quickly, I would think about it kind of like this, very similar to this 25 years ago. 25 years ago, almost 25 years ago, I was married, right? When I got married, first thing I did was I put a ring on, all right? And this ring does not make me married. This, I could take this ring off, put it in my pocket. I'm still going to be married. But I'm going to tell you what, this ring right here declares to everyone that I am married, right? I'm married. I'm a married man. I am declaring that I'm a married man. Now, I would say um, when it comes to um, baptism, right, same thing. You are declaring before the world, I'm a follower of Jesus. So declaration. Final thing I would say is transformation. It's transformation. Baptism is an outward symbol of what has internally taken place. It is. When God saves you, right? When he saves you, a lot goes on, right? Your sins are forgiven. You're imputed the righteousness of Christ. You are a new creation. You pass from life to death. You are adopted, a heart of stone turned to a heart of flesh. God the Spirit indwells you. It's all together amazing. But here's the deal. Outside of the fruit of the Spirit being evident to all, that all happens internally, right? So this is an outward symbol of what's already transpired internally. So, no, we've gone over a lot. We can go over a lot more, but I think we've answered the five W's. What's the big deal? Right? Five W's. Who? Christians. Why? Obedience. Um, when or how? Because... Submission. I don't know if I did that right. When, when, as soon as possible. And what? Significance, it's identification with Christ, declaration, and transformation. hope I said that all correctly. I hope, you, I hope it was helpful. As we close, I want to speak, I want to briefly speak to everyone here, but um, there's four groups of people here today. 
There's four groups of people who are listening to me or maybe watching me on video. And I want to speak to all four groups. Everyone's going to fall into one of these four groups, okay? Let me speak to the first group real quick. Maybe you're here today and you're listening or you're watching and you say, man, I was saved and I followed in baptism. To that group of people, I would say, praise God. He's good. He carries you. He saves you. He sustains you. And I want to encourage you to continue to grow. And I want to encourage you to continue to um, 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 teach others, all right? And there's a second group of people I want to talk to briefly. Maybe you're here today and you were saved, but you never followed through with baptism. For whatever reason, the Lord saved you. You didn't follow through with baptism. Maybe you didn't have a cool shirt like me. I don't know, but you haven't done it. Here is what I'd like to encourage you to do. Do, Please hear me. Get baptized as soon as possible. We will make it happen. I'm going to talk to you about that in a moment. There's a third group here, or listening or watching, and you were baptized, but it was before your salvation, right? And that happens. Like you, you just, maybe you grew up in church and you walk down, you say, man, I need to get baptized. My sister was baptized. My friend was baptized. You get baptized, but then later you realize you never saved. Then the Lord saves you. You've been baptized, but it's on the wrong side of salvation. What I would like to ask all of you, if you're in that category, if that's you, I'm going to say the same thing I said with the other category. Well, let's get baptized, man. Let's get it right. Let's get it on the right side of salvation. The fourth group of people that I want to address real quickly is maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you've, of course, never been baptized. And I would encourage you, I would implore you, do not leave today without repenting and believing and let's get you baptized. I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to talk to you. So here's what I'm going to say at the end of your worship guide. There is a link or there's a thing that says sbcbaptism.com. All right. If you're in group two or three or four and you've received the Lord and you want to get baptized, what I want you to do today, all right, on your way home or at your home, wherever, I want you to, if you need to be baptized, all right, I want you to go to sbcbaptism.com and I want you to sign up. Just sign up. We're going to call you. We're, we're setting aside in all of our services for the next two to three weeks. We are just setting aside time to get everyone an opportunity, we do it anyway, but to be baptized. I would love to have many baptisms next week, but go to sbcbaptism.com tonight. If, you are, if, you're in, if you're in group two, three, or four, please, please do it tonight. We're going to call you, and we're going to start arranging it next week. Maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe next week we'll sing a song. I'll preach for five minutes, and then we'll just baptize people for an hour. We can do it if need be. All right, so I just want to encourage you. Guys, I love you. I'm blessed by each one of you. Well, I hope this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a sermon series called The Seven Commands of Christ. Jesus gave dozens of commands and as followers of Jesus, we should obey all of them. Over the next several weeks, we are focusing on seven that will change your life. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses, or you can attend online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. You know, there's so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing here at Silverdale, and we really want you to feel welcome and a part. 
So please stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on the different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast. Take a moment to share this episode with your family and friends. Again, we appreciate you listening and hope you will join us again next time.